and welcome to another episode of the Collapsing Game Shelf Podcast, a podcast by a group of explorers with way too many board games. I'm Tom, and I'm joined by... Adam! And Debbie. And we lost Justin at one of the dig sites. We're going to go back for him, but, I mean, we got a podcast to record. This is a podcast about board games where we talk about board games that we've played recently, trying to get through our collection of board games, and, uh, well, except for, like, the last, this week and last week, uh, where we are going to be talking about uh, games that are being nominated for the Spiel, the Spiel DRs. If you haven't heard of it, it's basically, like, the big award that people like to go for, or maybe... Uh, well, it helps sales. I'll put it that way. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure there's lots of people that just don't give a shit, but we'll we'll take it if they can. Uh, anyway, we are talking about Ruins of Arnak, Lost Ruins of Arnak. Uh, God, Arnak. A, yeah, I think it's Lost Ruins of Arnak. What a what a bonkers name. I have no idea if this is like some reference to some book that I've never read or something, but I I have no idea what a what a Arnak is. Uh, anyway, this is a game about uh, you and your friends going out and uh, and exploring uh, the lost ruins and finding treasures and uh, maybe giant ants and doing some research and finding some stuff and digging up some treasures and uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's an interesting little game. I have a I have a copy of the I don't have a copy of the box, but I do have a very good picture for once of what it says on the back. We like to read the back of the box promotional material just does something to sort of ground you in what uh, what might what the what the publisher thinks is a good blurb to try to get you uh, get you hooked here on an uninhabited island in uncharted seas explorers have found traces of a great civilization now you will lead an expedition to explore the island find lost artifacts and face fearsome guardians all in a quest to learn the island's secrets lost ruins of arnak combines deck building and worker placement in a game of exploration resource management and discovery and then there's just a list of all the components and a very good picture of what the board looks like. Which, uh, if you uh, if you haven't seen this before, it's it's bonkers. There's a lot going on in this game. Um, it is a competitive game, so uh, this game plays from one to four people. It, uh, it says that it's uh, 12 and up because you got to be able to read, and uh, it takes about 30 minutes per player, which seems fairly accurate. Which is kind of nice because this game is a for a complicated a, a game on the more complicated side. It was fairly snappy. I felt. I thought it played well. Yeah, it seemed, seemed like like going from knowing nothing to being able to complete the game in under two hours is pretty good. Yeah, we did play this on uh, game uh, shit on uh, boardgamearena.com. Still not sponsored. Um, email me, and uh, it has this game on the. I think it, is it the premium? Uh, no, no, it was not no, premium. Like, no, it is. It is wide open for everybody. So if you're interested of, uh, by, by what you hear, if you're interested in this game, you can always uh, pop over there, make yourself an account, and uh, jump into a game. And, and it will. Uh, there's some some helpful tips that it gives you as you go through, but it's probably worth watching a video before you jump right into it because there is a lot going on. Part of the two-hour playtime might be that we didn't have to worry about setting it up uh, because, again, there's just there's, there's a lot going on here. I'm going to jump into a bit of an overview. I'm probably going to skip over quite a bit of detail because there's just too much shit on this board to really talk about. So the main board that you're going to be presented with is uh, the, the shared board. Uh, as as the back of the box mentioned, there is a, there's a deck building component. So towards the top of this uh, massive uh, shared 
shared board here, you've got uh, two decks of cards, one that is filled with artifacts and one that's filled with items. And these will be available to purchase uh, throughout the game in varying uh, amounts. Um, So uh, uh, lower, lower, lower down from where the uh, decks are sitting is a tracker. So there's like one to five, uh, a set of uh, one to five orbs uh, for lack of a better word uh, which are depicting how many how many rounds and how many days there are basically so this is a game that you're going to be playing over five rounds um uh, uh just below that you've got where you put the cards so um there's a little staff that you're going to keep moving throughout the turn so if you're on turn one you put the staff underneath the turn one chit and uh to th- everything to the left of the staff ends up being artifacts and everything to the right of the staff ends up being uh, items throughout the game so this is how you can sort of see that there's a progression from just having stuff that is useful for getting you deeper and deeper into the mines and deeper and deeper into the uh the, the ruins and then on the left-hand side, there's stuff that's, you know, worth more points and has more uh, interesting actions to it, uh, more interesting activations, as well as they tend to cost a little bit of a resource to use, um, but they are, like, wildly overpowered in some cases. Uh, but, you know, they, they they do have a cost associated with them, so, you know, it all ends up balancing out for the most part. Uh, these are the cards that you're going to be buying throughout the game, and you're going to be filtering them into your deck. Your deck that starts off with two, two of each of this, like, different types of cards. There's, like, a fear card. Ooh. And then there's a there's a one with a compass and there's one with uh, dollary dues on it. Um, and this is going to be your basis for your for your deck that you're going to be building. So as you buy artifacts and items, you're going to be slotting them into your deck. And the way it works is that at the beginning of the round, you'll be pulling off five cards from the top of the deck, and you'll be using those as actions or for the resources that they have on them, because uh, what's in your hand is also your modes of transportation, in a way, uh, which come into play when you're paying costs. So there's, like, four different kinds of transportation. There's boots, which is good old-fashioned walking. You've got uh, cars for driving boats, because cars don't drive on water. And then you got planes, uh, which are for uh, getting to places that are really tricky. And there's a bit of a hierarchy to how these can be used. So you can use like a plane in place of a boat or a car, but you can't use a boat in place of a car. Anyway, it's listed in the player aid. It's fine. These will be used throughout the game as uh, as, as as money, basically. Um, some of the cards will also get you other various forms of currency, which uh, you keep uh, round to round. So there's money, there's compasses, there's parchment there's crystals there's all sorts of arrowheads all sorts of stuff um and you play cards to be able to get those and do other actions um so that's kind of what the deck's about uh further down on the shared board there's a lot going on in this game so you've got a bunch of dig sites uh that's kind of the main the main meat of the game so that's where the worker placement uh sort of side of the game comes into play uh towards the bottom of where all these dig sites are are dig sites that you've already discovered and they generally just get you resources so looking at the back of the box here on the leftmost side there is one one that's sitting here it's just got a tent on a beach and if you pay a boot um you get uh, two gold and that's the end of that action um and yeah so so dig sites are interesting because as you if you use ones that are already discovered you just sort of get the bonus but if they haven't been discovered yet then you have to go and discover them and that costs you more and more compasses as well as the uh like the appropriate travel icon to be able to get to them so if you want to go and try to start discovering things that are further towards the top which are the uh spicier types of uh ruins to go after 
they will cost you up to six of these uh, six of these compass icons, as well as up to two of the uh, of the travel tokens. So uh, you you end up having to pay more and more as you go through that. Um, so that's kind of what's going on with the dig site area. And, uh, and these will all be sort of random uh, at the beginning of the game, so uh, there's a couple of things going on there, um, which I'll probably get to as I go through some of the actions. To the right of the shared board is the research track, which is uh, essentially like a tech tree kind of thing that you can sort of go up, so there's actions you can use to move your guy. Uh, there's You've got these two tokens that you have, which is like a magnifying glass and a book, and if you spend the appropriate costs listed under each of the tiers, you can move these... Uh, magnifying glasses and books up the uh, up the tracker towards the top where you will get bonuses you will get uh, uh, special one-off things if you're the first person there uh, you'll get different bonuses depending on whether you get your magnifying glass or your book token there first um sorry not first because there's there's a bit of a weird thing in there in that it's kind of like cycling i guess where your your book dude can't go past your magnifying glass guy so you always have to have your magnifying glass person up on that tier first before the book guy can go up there and that sort of plays into how how things sort of work out so to the right of each of these tiers there's like a magnifying glass icon and a book icon and so the rewards are different for whether you get your magnifying glass there or your book so you could theoretically just like blitz your magnifying glass all the way up to the top in hopes of being the first person at the top which gets you some more points and some other stuff unlocks or you can sort of take your time and work your way up uh, like magnifying glass book guy, you know, get the get both of the bonuses because the book bonuses are typically more uh, more 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 stuff like you get uh, assistance, which you can use and you get like other resources and you get more resources and stuff like that. Anyway, there's a there's a friggin tech tree in this game as well. So that's sort of like the three main things that you will be doing throughout the game. You'll be getting cards You'll be going to dig sites or uncovering dig sites, and you'll be moving your tokens up this tech tree. Now, each person is going to end up with their own uh, own player board, which mostly is there to just sort of hold your cards as well as hold your assistance, as well as there is a special like one-off bonus. There's like there's like some bonus actions that you can take if you've gone out and discovered some ruins. You can sort of uh, take these actions, uh, which are like get a free arrowhead or draw a card, but it costs you some points and you can only do it up to four times in the game. Uh, so there's not much to say about the player board. The way the game works is that you start day one, uh, everyone's uh, fresh and ready to go. You've got a like a bunch of items that you can buy up the top and like one artifact because people haven't really explored very much yet. You're going to draw your five cards and then you're off to the races. Everybody gets uh, to take actions um, and uh, until you decide to pass. And your action can either be like one of six different things, but generally like the most important thing Things are like buying a card, moving people up the tracker, or going to dig sites. Now, if you're going to go to a dig site, which is either using a dig site that's already open or discovering a new dig site, you can only do that up to two times in a round because you have your little uh, hatted dude sort of going out there and doing the work for you. Um, so dig sites are something that you have to sort of plan because they're more expensive and they're limited in the number of times you can do them. Whereas like drawing cards and the researchers, you can kind of do as much as you have the money for. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of things that you can do. Uh, like I said, buying a card, moving your researchers up, discovering a dig site. Uh, when you 
get to a dig site, and this is the exciting part, is that you get the there's like a little bonus that's sitting there on on the on the square. So you've all you've had all the tiles flipped over from the start of the game, so they're all random, and you get like a little bonus for being the first person there. But you also get the bonus of getting eaten by a fucking bird because there might be a <laughs> bird behind you. Uh, there's guardians in each one of these things, which are trying to prevent you from having a good time. And, uh, and they're just like sort of sitting there. So on top of the, so, so if you're the first person that gets to a dig site, you get a little bonus, you get the regular bonus for going to that dig site, which up until the point that you've gone there, you don't actually know what the hell it is. So it could be, it could be like an arrowhead and a parchment, which is great. Or it could be two compass tokens, which is great. Or a ruby, which is great. But it could also be a giant ant, which is not so great. The interesting thing with the guardians is that they take another action as well as they also have their own costs to get rid of them. Um, so like in this case, I've got uh, I've got a giant beetle is uh, preventing you from getting uh, access to this one place that has, uh, has a parchment and a ruby on it. Um, and it's not going to stop you from doing anything, but if your guy is sitting there at the end of the round, you will accumulate another fear card. Um, and fear cards are pretty shitty because they, they lose you a point at the end of the game. They're only useful for boots as well as they just sort of gum up your deck, preventing you from getting uh, other interesting things. But as an action, you can try to uh, defend yourself against the uh, against the Guardian and try to defeat it. So in the case of said Beetle, if I have a guy there um, and I have two coins and an arrowhead, I can, I don't know, throw some change at it and then stab it in the eye and it will be dead. And that is good because I will get access to uh, a little bit of a bonus up in the top right hand corner of that thing gives me a, another another uh, I think it's a I think it's a car that's uh, a little hard to see from here uh, yeah you get another car to use at the at some point during the game as well as it's worth five points for every uh, every guardian you've sort of murdered at the end of the game um, so that's a couple of things that this it's it's one of the more surprising elements in the game is going and and spending you know your th- resources to get to this dig site you're all excited and then all of a sudden there's just this giant monstrosity that all of a sudden you may or may not have to deal with but if you're hanging out there uh, you will accumulate a little bit of negative points which might be okay because maybe the reward is not great maybe you won't be back there later anyway and it might be a deterrent from other people going to this space um yeah i can't i'm having a hard time remembering exactly all of the things that are going on so i'm just going to quickly check out the uh the handy player guide so there's all sorts of different things you can do on your turn. As I said, dig a site, discover a new site, overcome a guardian, buy an item, buy an artifact, play a card. If it doesn't have like this lightning bolt symbol, it means that it costs an action. Research, which is moving your uh, moving your your uh, magnifying glass book dudes up the thing, or you can pass. And once you pass, you're done. You're done for the rest of the round, and you sort of get to sit there and wait until everybody else is finished. But there's not that many actions to go around, so it's probably not that big of a deal. At the end of the round, everybody gets their guys back. Um, You get fear cards for pissing off the giant beetle. Then you shuffle all the cards that you've played, and you put them at the bottom of your deck. Uh, You get to refresh your assistants, which are like special once-around little dudes that you can get through the researching. And then you continue to go through the rest of the uh, the um, 
cleanup, which is basically like uh, getting rid of some of the cards from the shared stack, moving the moon staff, refilling everything, and then you pass first player to the left, and then you carry on with the next day. And at the end of the fifth round, you're done. Um, the game is won or lost on victory points, which are uh, accumulated via uh, discovering sites, fighting guardians, points on your cards, points on how high you are on the track, uh, the research track, um, but, 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 as well as um, whether you've used up any of your one-shot bonuses. Um, there are about 15 more icons that I'm not going to go over, uh, but that is essentially the way the game is played. You take your turns, going around deciding what action you want to take whether it's going to be something from your uh something from your hand you're going to play or whether you're going to get to a dig site that you already have discover a new dig site maybe find some treasure definitely find some monsters buy some cards move some stuff up the tracker uh there is quite a lot going on um I don't know. Did I miss anything else that's super important? I don't think so. No, there's I I agree with you when you say that there's a lot going on in this game and it sounds like a lot like it really does. It really sounds like, holy shit, there is so many things going on in this game. But honestly, the game is very good. Like it's very approachable. It's very once you get into it, you're like, oh, all of these mechanics just make sense. Like it just a lot of this game just makes logical sense. Um, like if you if you actually sit there and think about it and you go, OK, I need to obviously do a little research into this into this temple with respect to the magnifying glass. I need to do some research into it before I can like write it down in my journal because I or else I wouldn't have anything to write down in my journal. So that's why, you know, your your magnifying glass always has to be above or equal to your journal. It's it's there's a lot there's a lot to it. You know, you go you go looking for a for a, a new dig site and sure, I mean you're you're very likely you're a, a well, I would hope that you're a, a well-researched um explorer, so you're not just going to go dig up somebody's backyard just for the sake of it. Be like, "Oh, excuse me." sir or madam i'm i'm here just to dig a hole in your backyard you know like that's you know you're you're probably going to you're probably going to be doing your research and but what you might not know is what the natural inhabitants of that area are going to be so it's it's there's there's a lot going on in the game Uh, there's no question there but again please don't take this like a long explanation of the rules or something like that as um a deterrent to the game because it's one of those games where once you get into it it's you just kind of sit there and you go oh oh well this is just this is just this and this is just this and it's there's so many things that that just absolutely um fall into place once you once you actually get into the game it's so uh as as for missing something i would say no um i mean well maybe but not anything that's super important <laughs> and it's it's just a situation where uh, honestly i mean we could we could make a, a one hour episode just explaining how the game works and still probably miss things so it's there's plenty of really good videos out there online if you want to see of if you want to watch a video before you maybe give it a try or something like that. There is a video associated with the, with the page on board game arena um, where like, they'll give you a, like a 15 minute video that kind of does basically the same thing as what Tom just did. Uh, but with actual 
visuals attached to it. Uh, so maybe if you're more of a visual learner or something like that, uh, that's might be a better that might be a better situation for you. It, at, at the end of the day, though, honestly, please, 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 because uh, spoiler alert, this game is awesome. Um, please don't shy away from this game just because it's like, man, this game sounds really complex. It sounds complex. It is slightly it has like a certain level of complexity to it. But there's honestly nothing that is is super overwhelming once you get into it. This has been a Adam PSA. <laughs> yeah. And and like a lot of games, like, uh, you know, your choices at the beginning are pr- pretty limited. So, you know, there's only a few ways that you can go because I think you basically start off with like a couple of bucks and maybe like some parchment and then you're or some compasses and you're kind of on your way. So at the beginning of the game, there's not a lot you can sort of do to hose yourself. Like all of the pieces of equipment or all of the all of the things that are in front of you, all the dig sites that are open to you off the start are more or less like going to be able to get you something. There's nothing that you can do that's going to like really hose you right off the bat, I don't think. Um, the only thing I would caution with Board Game Arena is like you can play all of your Lightning Bolt cards right off the bat uh, because they're like free actions. You can just like do a thing and then play all your lightning bolts and get a bunch of gold but you might need those for like the other icons that they have in them like the cars and the boots and stuff so you know just just keep things until until you need them because otherwise you'll be on your the latter half of your turn and realize that you needed a boot that you spent on getting a shiny gold coin that you don't need that was uh that that was my turn one in in our playthrough that was straight up my turn one and with the you know with an online platform, once you hit the old go button, there's no take backs uh, like you would have uh, with your friends. So uh, you know just just be aware of that. Uh, just 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 sort of play just in time. Uh, just in time ruins of Arnak. Don't don't try to overplan things, especially since the like lightning bolt cards don't actually cost you actions to do and and nothing is real like there is some stuff where it's a bit of a race to get to one place or another because there's only so many spots but i mean in general uh you know take it easy on your first first playthrough try to discover what's going on because it's a it's it's a fun little game i like the concept um of this game um it's kind of i feel like in a lot of in a lot of ways i think it's a it's a better fleshed out version of kind of that archaeological um i don't know like little trek right um there's a lot of little moving parts in this that i find interesting um i wouldn't like it, it's really kind of easy to lose sight of something um i did i i lose lost sight very quickly actually of um those extra actions that you have on your board and i i essentially hosed myself in the game um by almost not paying attention to them um so i would say as kind of a a big piece is you know like just I, be kind to yourself the first time that you play this because you, you know, uh, there's that good opportunity that you're, you're probably going to miss something. Um, and I think every time you play this, it, there's kind of something else to be seen and to be um, discovered, I guess, in a sense, uh, which I enjoy. It is, um, so Adam said that the game was, is approachable. Uh, I don't know that I would call it approachable. Um, <laughs> overwhelming. Uh, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, that's kind of like Eurocentric where you look at a board and there's like everything known to man is right on the board in front of you. I mean, there's a, 
there are advantages to that, but it it is overwhelming. So um, it takes some getting used to and it and it takes some learning. So I yeah, I, I don't know that I would necessarily call it the most approachable game in the world, but um, it is a lot of fun. And so it's kind of worth it. Um, I can see why it's um, in the Spiel der Jahres. I, you know, I can very much understand why it's on the on the Kenner Spiel side, which is the more convoluted side, um, the more, you know, gamers game kind of uh, aspect. So I can understand that as well, because it, it is quite complex. Um, I think it's a great advantage that Board Game Arena has this up, um, especially since it is, I think, a fairly new game. Um and so I, you know, I it's it's a game that I think um, you should kind of take the opportunity to play because it's um, it's very well constructed. It's very well made. Um, they've really put a lot of thought into um, all the different aspects of the game, all the different things that you really can and should do. I guess um, it's it's smart, which you know uh, only so many games can say that. Unfortunately, like the mind, uh, the mind is uh, smart. No, it's not. It's like it's Mensa awful. approved. Those guys are smart. <laughs> I'm telling you that that's like PTSD. <laughs> the mind is like the worst game ever. It's not. Nonetheless, it's so it good. is. It's awful. It's so, so awful. <laughs> it kills me that you still think this is funny. Um, <laughs> nonetheless, so yeah, I I think that it's a. It, it really is like an kind of a a great opportunity that a game like this is up on uh board game arena and i really kind of would suggest that it's something that um if you have a group of friends that likes to play board games um give this a try because i think i think it kind of hits a lot of different buttons and i think that there's a lot of different kinds of players that would actually really appreciate this game so um, yeah, I think it's, it's very well made, very well designed. Yeah. It's a really good point. It's also, it's like, it's like got a lot of, uh, a lot of different elements. And so like with board gaming friends, you're probably going to, f- it's, it's got something that will probably appeal to someone there, right? Like you've got mm-hmm. the surprise of opening up a present just to find that it's filled with spiders. You've got <laughs> deck oh, building. <laughs> yeah. You got deck building for your like people who love to optimize their like number of card draws and you've got uh i don't know i don't know i don't know what kind of analog i want to make with the uh with the research thing i guess for people that really like to plan a lot you you've got the research tree because you can sort of i guess optimize your your best way up that bad boy so it does have a lot going for it um and you can win with each one right like yes we all of us took a very different route and our scores were not we're not really that vastly different, which is says a lot for the game. I think it means that it's well balanced. I mean, this is a this is a game that that combines a few of my favorite board game mechanics. Like it it combines um, deck building and worker placement, and you know, like a, a serious amount of planning. If you want to talk about the that that thing on the right hand side the the temple discovery track or whatever you want to call it the magnifying glass in the journal but as you it's one of those games where you you can heavily invest in any one of those things but if you try to to monopolize on one of those things 
you'll do well, but I doubt that you will be able to win. You need a little bit out of multiple columns, but you can go really heavy into one of them. And that was shown in our playthrough in that, you know, each one of us took a, a very different approach into how we were going to attempt to make points. And at the end of the day, I mean, again, our, our scores were were really close and it was really hard to tell. You know, there 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 were certain points where I, I was looking at the game board and I thought, well, Jesus Christ, you know, like um, Tom's way out ahead, like he's got this thing locked down and then. A you know, the very next turn or even later in my turn, I was like, wait a second. No, Debbie has it locked down. Like, look what she's doing over here. And then it, then I felt like I was really far ahead. Like, it, it, it just it's hard. You never at, at no point in that game did I really feel that I was like completely out of it. Um even if I felt like I was maybe struggling for a, a small period of time, I then found myself just just continuing to work on my strategy and, and just continue to do what I was what I was trying to do. Uh, I found myself being like, OK, I'm I'm I feel like I'm very much back in this. I'm I'm, I'm feeling competitive uh, and stuff like that. It's. I, I think it I think it shows a really good job of game design and a really good job of game balance, especially when you're mixing up multiple um, multiple mechanics within it. Yeah, I think the only thing that I didn't really go for during that because I was like I was I was really into uh, digging sites up and punching monsters and trying to do a little bit of research and I wasn't so much invested in like getting artifacts I think is kind of where I landed mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I wasn't too good at the resource management but I was uh, I was pretty into uh, punching beetles and uh, digging big holes <laughs> in the ground I, I don't know if that says something about me guys but yeah I think there's like a lot of different strategies and I think it could be a lot of fun just like you know you've always got that person in your group and they probably aren't here right now that would be like, I want to see if I can win by just buying cards. And, like, I want to see if I can win by just going up the tracker or something like that. Um, and I think this, you know, those little discovery moments, I think, are a lot of fun in a game like this. Because uh, I, I think it could go a lot of different ways, especially since the, the deck is... I don't know. I think there's about 60 cards in each one of these decks. Well, I do have this thing right in front of me. I should probably look it up. Um, 110 cards. So I think it was about an even split. So there's probably like 55 cards on each side. So there's a fair combination of things that can go on in, in just in terms of like that top level deck building thing to sort of keep you going for a few games. And then, you know, you want to switch it up and try something else um, and, and see how that goes. And I really like the, you know, I, I really like the, and that's probably why I did it a bunch, like digging up new stuff and seeing what was there. For whatever reason, like that's what I sort of gravitated towards just because there's like, I don't know what's under any of these. Let's go find out. And that that sort of thing I, I really enjoy. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd really like to try this one again. Um, I thought it was a really good time. And, uh, yeah, if you like the idea, you should just go uh, check it out on old BGA. It's uh, pretty pretty simple to get into. I think there's I don't know if there's lots of games out there, but, uh, you know, it doesn't it's not it's not a super overwhelming experience once you get into it. But I do agree with Debbie that, like, you know, saying that it's approachable is maybe a bit of a stretch. I counted there are di 28 different symbols in this game just on the player player aid. So, I mean, that's, that's fair. That's fair. Probably 
probably not. I mean, that's <laughs> fine for fine for me being a huge programmer dork. Like, you know, I'm used to just looking at weird hieroglyphics all day. So it's not a big deal. But for, you know, I would say, for lack of a better word, normal people, maybe it's a little bit out there. But it is definitely worth trying at least and, and seeing how far you can get with it. I think it was really good. And keep in mind that the the game board, the main community board, is double-sided. So we played on the what is known as the, the beginner side or the, the basic side, uh, which was the bird temple. We were trying to explore the bird temple. And then there's also the snake temple on the other side, which offers a whole bunch of different changes to the rules, just small changes, making it slightly more complex. Um, for this first playthrough, we thought um, that we would keep things simple. And it was still really, really complicated. <laughs> yes. It's also a solo variant. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, really? I don't know. It's at the back of the rule book. They got solo variant in case you're, I mean, I, I, over the pandemic, I had thought that maybe I would give it a try, you know, maybe I'll play some Gloomhaven by myself or something. Nah, just can't do it. Board, uh, video game. I, you know, I find that interesting because I'm in the same boat. I'm always very like, I'm always intrigued and like happy when I hear that there's like a solo variant of a game. But anytime I've actually tried to go and do it, it's never succeeded. Like it's just not fun anymore. I don't know. I haven't even I haven't even gotten past the like setup part. Sometimes I'll be yeah. like, well, I'll go try this out, and then I get downstairs and I'm like, well, my computer's already there, and I can just boot something <laughs> up that I know I'm gonna have fun with, uh, rather than like trying to slog through playing Gloomhaven by myself. Yeah, it's I, it's interesting. I'm actually quite curious to know for you know people that that have managed to you know really get into the solo style games. Um, how you? Yeah, I mean, how how I want to do it, but I I think I've tried it with Caverna. Maybe that was my problem. <laughs> Maybe that was the wrong game to do it with. <laughs> I've heard uh, I've heard of friends of our friends playing. Uh, the hell was it feast for odin i know that someone has played the solo variant of feast for odin to death and i think wingspan might be pretty good but i've also heard wingspan is good as a solo i mean i've played it digitally solo oh, there you go i mean i've done that with root yeah <laughs> i don't I feel I, like that's I don't know how much of I don't know how much of the uh, the my my playing root is because I was in a very boring meeting and the music was really good. Oh wow! <laughs> I mean, I'm a little jelly now. I mean, people. Uh, all right. Well, people that I work with sometimes listen to this, so I probably shouldn't give away too much more. But you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. There are some meetings, um, two to two to three hour affairs where they're going over like stats on sales figures. It's like, eh, I don't know if. I need to listen to this that closely. Anyway, uh, before I get fired, uh, anything else? <laughs> no. I don't think so. I think that it's like uh, nice art. Um, a lot of components. There's uh, a lot of stuff in the box, I would imagine, just judging from the visual. Um, so I imagine that they've they've put a lot into the game. Um, and it's, you know, it's good to see that they've probably spent as much time on the visual as they have on the on the mechanisms of it so it's kind of 
always nice to see you when you when you have some equivalency there. I'm always a little disappointed when it's like the art is amazing and the game's shit or the game's amazing and the art's shit. Like <laughs> that always bums me out a little bit. So I feel like this one they've, you know, they've done a good job and a good balance. Yeah, I, it's kind of hard to tell from like playing it. Like I, I don't have anything to say really about the components themselves. On board gameria, it's really hard to see like the details and stuff. But the yeah. but the board is very nicely decorated, and it's you know everything is very thematic, and you've got like cool cool watches as cards and axes, and everything kind of just makes sense. You got like cool little people to get as your assistants. One of them looks like the side of a fish stick box. Um, so there's <laughs> a lot of stuff you can kind of have fun Highliner. with. Captain Highliner, yeah. yo, <laughs> he just gets you compasses i think which i guess makes sense um but yeah there's there's a lot to like about this game there's a lot going on um definitely worth a check out uh only thing i sort of you know it is on the pricey end of things as far as i can tell probably because it is like a bazillion things in here it's probably a nightmare to produce so it's definitely not one to uh just jump in if you're uh short on cash i guess I think when I checked it out, it was like on Amazon, it was like 70 bucks or something like that. So it is a bit on the expensive end of things, but that is what I guess Board Game Arena is for. So uh, definitely recommend you check it out. Um, And yeah, so on to the review segment, for lack of a better term, um, where we all tell you what we thought of the game. And we, we all have different scales, so enjoy. Um, my scale is on a keep or not keep sort of thing because I have just way too many board games and this podcast was built on trying to play through those games and decide which ones are good or not to keep around. I don't own this one and I find myself in this situation quite a bit lately where I'm reviewing games that I don't own on my scale that's built on me knowing whether I want to throw it out or not. Um, if I had this game, I don't think I'd get rid of it. It was pretty good. Um, I don't know that I would go out and rush to buy it right now. There's just a little bit too much going on for my current situation. Like, I'm not going to teach this to my four and two year old right now. Um, I cannot see myself playing this with my wife. Um, and you know, I'm sure that it will show up on somebody else's (laughs) doorstep at some point. So, I mean, it's it's a good chance that I'll be able to play it. And if not, uh, you know, Board Game Arena is there as well. Um, but I definitely recommend you give it a try on BGA and see if it is for you. And uh, if you think it's for you and you've got the money, I definitely recommend you pick it up. It's uh, it, was, it was a really good time. I really enjoyed it. I'd like to play it again. I don't think I'd turn a game down. It was colorful, fast, um, smooth. Uh, and, and it was just a good time. I was really confused at the beginning because there's a lot of shit going on, but once you get past <laughs> that, it was, uh, it was a really fun experience and I really enjoy, uh, finding, uh, monsters under tiles for some reason. Uh, Debbie, what'd you think? So I really enjoyed the game. Um, I think that there's, uh, a lot of advantages to this, a lot of ups, a lot of downs. Uh, well, not a lot of downs, sorry. There's a lot of ups to it. Um, I'm on a five-point scale. Uh, I give this a four. 
uh, borders on that idea of a five, but, um, you know, if you get the opportunity to play this, absolutely do it. I, I don't foresee kind of really any good reason why people might not like this other than potentially the idea that there's just so much going on. What if they're scared of um, beetles? Well, I mean, there are some kind of weird, creepy things. Like there's like a ginormous, uh, scorpion, uh, and like a stone bird. That's a little weird. Uh, so it's kind of like these random things that come out. Uh, but they're, I mean, it's fun, right? I, it, the game is not, um, it's not the kind of game that you feel like you're beat before, I mean, you get halfway through. Uh, it's a very possible game, which I really, I do enjoy. Like, I enjoy the fact that this is, it's made in a way that you're not kind of having to fight um, really hard and beat your head against a wall. Like, it doesn't feel like you're fighting the game and the monsters inside of it. Um, it is... Yeah, it, it's made in a way that you just, it, it is very plausible. You just got to plan it out right. So um, I enjoy that about this. So I, I give it a four and I think that it's something that, yeah, I, I would absolutely kind of recommend people giving it a try, especially since it's on Board Game Arena. Uh, that kind of makes it easy. Uh, doesn't really give you much of an excuse not to try it, I guess. So yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it. Um, Adam, how about you? Uh, I'm on a 10 point scale. Um, this game for me, I, I really enjoyed it. Again, it it really ticks a lot of the boxes. Has two of my favorite board game mechanics paired up in it with um, with uh, deck building and worker placement. Um, I thought the the adventuring part was super fun. The decision making was neat. It made you think. There's tons of different options out there for you. Very 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 worthwhile um i've i've kind of been the one out of the group that's been pushing to be like hey you know let's try and get through the at least the kenner spiel nominees to see if they're you know to, to see what makes them tick we've now done two of the three of them i'm hoping we can get through the third one uh soon this it was this one was great. I, I really enjoyed this one. The question is, do I do I like it more or less than Paleo? I don't know. Uh, it's uh, they're they're like they're they're both incredible. Um, I, I give this an eight and a half out of ten, bordering on a nine. Like it's with the fact, especially with the fact that it's on board game arena. Um, go try it. Like it's free. It's it's literally free. You just need to get in there and you can play a game. Get a group. Get a group together. Try a try a game out. Um, and then if you like it, you can make a decision decision from there about whether or not you want to pursue picking up a copy or, or something like that. I I completely understand why this is a Spiel Diaris nominee. I it this these these two games are making it really difficult on me for for being, you know, um which like because I did I did say that I will likely pick up and likely I mean very very likely pick up one of the two games or sorry one of the one of the three games that was nominated for the for the Kennerspiel. So we played Paleo last week. That one was awesome. Uh we played Lost Ruins of Arnak this week. It was also awesome. The only game that we haven't played yet is Fantasy Realms, uh put out by WizKids. Hopefully that one's coming up soon. I really I I, I mean I, I hope and don't hope it, that that game is awesome too because it's making my decision really difficult and if if fantasy realms is as awesome as these two games are um 
I'm going to have to sit and ruminate for a while. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> All right. I, uh, I don't know. How are you going to, you know, you gonna roll a die, make that decision? You're going to flip a coin? His wife will make that no. decision. <laughs> actually, actually discuss a purchase with Debbie for once. Is that a, is that on the table? Maybe, maybe. Stay tuned next week for the thrilling conclusion of Will Adam spend $200 on board games? Oh, God. Adam is not going to spend $200 on board game. Spoiler alert. Wow. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, If you want to help us out, you can always do like and subscribe. You can share this around. That'd be great. Uh, Tell your friends uh, that you found a cool podcast. That'd be great. Um, uh, Reviews? I mean, rate and review if you can. It's not a big deal. Uh, and if you want to get a hold of me, you can find me on Twitter at Team Rage Tom. And if you want to get a hold of anybody else at the podcast, uh, you can use email at collapsinggameshelf at gmail.com or you can use the uh, Twitter at CGS Podcast. And if you want to get a hold of Justin, he wasn't here because he's, I don't know, lost in a cave or something. Uh, you can find him at Don't Trust Justin. You can tell him your favorite uh, beetle recipe. Oof, gross. Debbie, what do you. Oof. <laughs> God damn. Uh, uh, De- Debbie, gross. you got anything? Yes, so you guys can get a hold of me at, at Mrs. Wynn. That's at M-R-S-W-H-Y-N on Instagram and Twitter. I almost said Instagram and Instagram. Uh, yeah, if you like Frenchies, follow my Instagram. That's pretty much all you're going to see, uh, my little boys. So, uh, and as Tom said, uh, you can get a hold of us as a group uh, at CGS Podcast on Twitter. We love to hear from you guys. We like to hear what you like, what you don't like. If there's anything you think we should try, let us know. Um, we are still playing online. We are, you know, uh, currently trying not to melt in this absurd heat. So give us some games so that we can play some while we hang out in our basements and, you know, try to survive. Adam, how about you? Uh, if you guys are looking to go hold of me, Social media for the win at for the win f o r t h e w h y n. You can also catch me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash for the win. Same spelling. Um, we are currently plugging through. We should be. We're actually pretty close to the end of Jedi Fallen Order. Um, so that's a that's kind of what we're working on right now. Solasta was really fun. You can always catch the vods if you want to go back and see me. Um, you know, slightly frustrated with some some lighting rules uh, with Dungeons and Dragons 5e and just weird stuff like that. Uh, also, for those of you, specifically those of you in Calgary, uh, I am working on uh, doing a bit of barbecue stuff as well. Texas style smoked meat barbecue. So uh, check out FTW BBQ on Facebook if that is something that you use. Yeah. I mean, you can check it out if you're outside of Calgary too, but I don't think it would ship too well. Nor, um, <laughs> nor would uh, Canada Post really appreciate me sending it like plain white envelope, just dripping with uh, like beef grease or something. Oh, be great, <laughs> but but not. <laughs> But, like, close to Calgary is probably fine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're in Calgary, I mean, yeah, like I said, FTW BBQ, like, check out the page. Uh, I'm just kind of doing barbecue pop-ups right now while I figure out what the hell is going on. And, uh, yeah, so come get your come get your smoked meat, Phil. Mm, sounds delicious. Well, thank you again so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And we will be back at you next week with something fun. Thanks again for listening. Bye. Bye.